RadioInfluence.com. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to what will be a very busy Wednesday Dark to Light podcast with Mike Very Dubious Opelka. I didn't want to be very busy and Beans. I'm trying to figure this out. I don't. I know. I mean, just drop that on me. Oh, it's going to be a very busy, busy. I, I'm like, I was going to coast through this, come with, come up with some witty remarks and some bone moths and uh, try and, you know, entertain. But y- you're going to lay this on me that we actually have to work today. Luckily for you, I can do enough talking that you probably can still do those things because I'm just full of info today. I know that. And I'm full of something else. But I do have I, I do have good news for you. I have come up with what I believe will be the money making opportunity. Our ship may come in. Really? And yeah. Yeah. You saw Monday the Easter egg roll at the White House where the Easter egg had to rescue the president. I mean, the, oh, Easter the bunny. bunny. Yeah, I didn't see that. I didn't see an egg rescuing <laughs> him. That happened. Oh. Uh, yeah. The Easter bunny which was a member of the White House press corps, had to pull the president away from a reporter asking him about Afghanistan because, God forbid, the press should be allowed to ask questions of the president. Yeah, that should never happen. So here's my take real quickly. Mm -hmm. The White House needs to quickly develop a mascot. The White House needs a mascot. Look, every team has a mascot. The Olympics have a mascot. And they they merchandise the crap out of it. They make cute little cuddly mascots what? in in plush form. Hold on, and they hold sell on, them. hold on. Something very odd just happened to your audio. What happened? It sounded like you switched microphones or something. I did not. It's the aliens. It attacking. has it has to be. It's very weird. Okay, keep going. So he, here's my take, Joe Biden. They send him out with the Biden presidency mascot wherever he goes. And if he wanders away from the platform or takes a question from the wrong person, the mascot jumps in and saves the day and we will merchandise it. It'll be sold in every D.C. gift shop at the uh, Union Station uh, gift shop. All of the, the congressional uh, gift shops, the, the Biden. Uh, now, I just have to narrow it down because I got a couple of possibilities for what the Biden mascot would be. But how do we make money off of it? We come up with it. And you think they're going to pay us? No, we just got a slice. Did you learn nothing from the laptop? They're 10% for the big guy. Oh, okay. We're the big in this case. We get a slice. Got it. Okay. They're going to make everybody win. So it has to be a, it has to be something that all of the Wokenistas will buy, right? They, the the uh, left is going to have to jump in on this. So there's going to have to be a rainbow flag somewhere. Yada, yada, yada. It could be a genderless thing, like a little lumpy thing, like some of those characters from, uh, uh, what is that? Despicable me. Oh, the, the minions. minions. Yeah. So we could have something. We could call no them the ch- minions, like <laughs> dominion. I like that. But I don't want to mess with any of those people because they have big lawyers. <laughs> so I'm, I'm thinking we either create a generic thing or how about this? I have to give credit to a friend too. Um, Wokey Robinette. The trans eagle, it's a pigeon that identifies as a bald eagle and its wings are the the red, white, not the red, white and blue, but the rainbow flag of the whole LGBTQRSTVU thing. So it's a cute little eagle, but it's really a pigeon that thinks it's a bald eagle. Wokey Robinette. And then Wokey Robinette will just harass a peck at the eyes of anybody who asks Biden a question. No, it just comes in and it moves Joe away. It just comes and wraps the wings around Joe and brings him back to the podium or whatever. I, I That's mean, just my, you, we can work on it. I can tell you're not completely I, in on this. I've just never, ne- I just don't trust that they're going to give me a dime of any cut. So, so that's where my oh, hesitancy it, lies. Yeah, that, that's a very good point. You know, it's hard to get money back from the government. Ask anyone who's waiting on a tax refund. Yeah, it's funny. They cash that check within 24 hours, don't they? 
I just checked my bank and the check I sent last Friday has already been cashed. Yep. Immediately. Wow. And they're setting records. It's not like we have a revenue problem. We have a spending problem. Yeah. So that's my idea. I can tell you're nonplussed by it, but uh, here we are. I'll listen, keep working. Listen, if I come up with a mascot that can, that can, why, why would I? Uh, so many thoughts. <laughs> so many thoughts. <laughs> but wouldn't it be great to have a mascot that follows him around? I'm sure when, when all of the members of the press uh, department at the White House are going out in public, they're like, well, who's going to wrangle him? Oh. Who's going to get him back? And that, that poor woman who lost whatever coin toss to have to put on the bunny suit and then walk along the fence line and pull it back. The only mascot I would be okay with is one that was on Team America. So so the mascot would then not help Rob, Robinette Biden. He would he would just mm. he would do the opposite of helping. Then I would be okay well, with it. Okay. Uh, well, see, I'm thinking about the market. You know, Michael Jordan is famous for never weighing in on politics because he allegedly said Republicans buy sneakers, too. And this is why so, you have money and I do not. Well, I, I don't know if I have money. I certainly gave a giant chunk of it to the government. <laughs> last week. So uh, uh, I'll have to work on getting more of it. That's why I'm I'm always looking for that one thing that's going to work. It, it, you know, that friend of ours, um, big fan of your show and, and a big fan of Frank, who was excited when I joined the show. Yeah. Uh, Susan, I told you about her. Yes. She worked with me back in the New York City radio days, and she always knew I had crazy schemes coming up, trying to always make that that one home run that we're going to hit. And for example, if we sold something that everybody in China needed to buy, We'd be bazillionaires, even if we made just a dime on it. And I'm always looking for that. What's that one thing, that one lightning strike? And I thought maybe a presidential mascot would be the thing, but apparently not yet. <laughs> Keep trying, Mike. <laughs> I will. You try and stop me. I won't. I won't. It's too entertaining. Way too entertaining. Um, I want to do libs of TikTok last and get into the meat and potatoes of like the, the juicy stuff with the other things going on first, because libs of TikTok, I think, deserves a good segment. Yeah, it certainly does. And uh, tell me we're not going to talk about testicle tanning, though. No, I have zero inclination to speak about that at all. I don't okay. even know what it is, for goodness sakes. Hunter, uh, not Hunter, Tucker Carlson brought it to our attention last night. And um uh, it's a segment about men's health and and how it can help men be, you know, better, stronger, more masculine. And it involves tanning the boys. Aren't, you know, aren't so they tanning up already? They're they're not. They're never exposed to the sun, really, almost never, unless you're Joe Biden and you skinny dip at the White House or whatever he does. But um, yeah, the testicle tanning was trending on the Twitter last night, so I looked it up, and it's certainly a thing. And Kid Rock was waiting to be interviewed by uh tucker after he was doing that segment and he was beside himself he he didn't even know what planet he was on which i'm sure is not always the, the case for kid rock it's pretty funny okay Go look at it look it up with your family I, I will i'll gather the kids around and we'll all research testicle tanning together <laughs> now see here's another idea we might come up with testicle tanning cream <laughs> We, you might come up with testicles. That's true. <laughs> I can't really contribute to the, the the testing on that unless I get my husband involved. So <laughs> I'm just saying these are these are the things that pop in and out of my brain at any time. So pardon me for the random ADD moment. That's okay. It's a, it's fine. Um, it's good because the rest of this is not going to be so gentle. Um, not like testicle tanning is gentle, but hey, you know, I mean, whatever. So. Sussman. Let's talk about the Sussman case, Mike. Yeah, the Sussman case, as it relates to the latest filings from Durham, is really heating up. Uh, did I miss something yesterday? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Did you see anything yesterday? Well, I the last thing I saw was the fact that Durham had put out the second filing regarding the CIA, saying that all the information was uh, was created by humans and it was not 
not um, naturally harvested as you would things off the internet. Is that what we're talking about? No, um, more. So yesterday there was probably more action on this case than there has been in the entire case. There were a flurry of filings yesterday because now the judges ruled that the trial is going to go on and everything. So um, we had filings from what? Fusion GPS, Perkins Coy, Hillary hmm. for America, um, Rodney Jaffe, the DNC, they all filed on the case motions to intervene and memorandums in opposition to Durham's motion to compel in-camera review of things that they said were work product of privileged work product because it was covered under, you know, the thing they've been hiding under this entire time. So what they're basically saying is Fusion GPS is saying, no, you can't see this information because it's covered by attorney client privilege because Perkins Coy hired us to work um, as as, you know, basically giving them help and counsel. Mm-hmm. The filing that Perkins Coy made was I mean, Fusion GPS made was just laughable on its face. They were saying that Perkins Coy hired them to counsel on de- potential defamation claims that could arise because Donald Trump is so litigious that he would definitely sue the campaign if they started saying anything about them and they needed Fusion GPS to be able to help them counter that. So therefore, anything that Fusion GPS has produced that they do not, they say is covered by privilege should remain so because it was a product of what that agreement was. So they want to be completely walled off on every every piece of paper that exists. Then they don't want anyone to have the ability to go in and they're claiming it's all because of attorney client privilege. Yeah. And it's not every piece of paper. They've produced a whole bunch of stuff. It's these specific things that Durham knows exists and wants his hands on for this case. They will not give them up to the point where all of these people All of these really, really high profile people are now fighting on the Sussman case to keep them quiet. I wonder why. So I want to read some of Technofog's analysis here, um, which was really good. But the docket on this case, I went through it yesterday. Oh, my gosh. It just lit up like a Christmas tree, Hmm. like a Christmas tree of everybody now fighting to cover their asses because they're in they're in trouble. If any of this stuff that they want hidden comes out, they're in trouble. And the problem they have, Mike is that they have said openly and publicly that and in house testimony, even that they were hired for opposition research, at least on the part of fusion GPS, they were hired for opposition research, not. And when they hired them, I'm sure they said, well, we'll cloak you in this attorney client privilege and no worries. If anything ever happens, you'll be covered in this attorney client privilege. But Technofog says the battle over documents and emails in the Michael Sussman case just got hotter. Back in August of 2017, Fusion GPS co-founder Glenn Simpson testified to the Senate Judiciary Committee, explaining how his firm was retained to gather lots of facts about Donald Trump. He admitted that Fusion GPS met with reporters leading up to the election to spread this opposition research against then-candidate Trump. So basically, if you're supposedly working on, if you're going to the press and sharing things with them, but then claiming later that no, 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 that's all attorney client privilege stuff that that doesn't hold water. You've waived your privilege at that point. You see? Oh, yeah. It, it seems like uh, the press has it. So why can't the court have it? Or the press has some things, but not others. So you're not really like you're not really you're determining what's you know what I mean? So it's not it's not legally viable. But anyway, here we go. Um, the context of Perkin Coy, Perkins Coy's retention of fusion GPS was explained in the book that Fritch and Simpson wrote saying Ilya said the campaign knew what it needed to know about Trump on a lot of the issues less understood. He said was how Trump had managed to recover from a string of bankruptcies that should have ruined him. Where did his money come from? How much did he really have and who helped him? We know what he says. Ilya said we need you Elias. I'm sorry. I always do that wrong. We need you to, we need you guys to figure out who he is. Now, Fusion GPS says it's not an opposition research firm anymore. They weren't hired to dig up dirt against Trump. Instead, they were retained to provide legal advice to the Hillary Clinton campaign. (laughs) 
changing your story as it suits you. Um, I hope this judge is going to throw out all these motions. Well, Technofog seems to feel that he these won't survive scrutiny because they're just so blatant and the judge has been very reasonable thus far on this case. Like he would have technically, I would assume that if he was a he would have just left this thing out and he hasn't done that. He hmm. hasn't done that. So there were a flurry of filings from interested entities in the case. It was the DNC, Rodney Jaffe, who was tech executive one, Perkins Coy and Hillary for America. They all filed motions to intervene and memorandums in opposition to his motion to compel that testimony and evidence that he's looking for. Um, Arguments were made that Fusion GPS wasn't retained for opposition research. Um, They said Hillary says attorney client privilege and work product protection over any communications of its attorneys and their consultant. They issued declarations in support of that motion from John Podesta, Robbie Mook, and Mark Elias. But the declarations that they put on the record in the case, those three people, could contradict the public record completely. So what's available, what we know already, what they've said in public, what they've demonstrated, what they've testified in front of other entities, contradicts the declarations they filed yesterday. How does this dovetail or align with the report that was... uh authored by Jonathan Turley talking about five witnesses connected to the Clinton campaign and the false Russian claims have, have uh, invoked their fifth amendment privilege. Well, we learned that in a filing from Durham that five people have declined. And that was one of the reasons he said this stuff was all the more necessary because they won't talk. That happened first. Yes. These five people who've said uh, we invoke, our Fifth Amendment right, because we don't want to expose ourselves. And then Durham pressed further and made for the filings on Fusion GPS and Perkins Coie and all these other folks. Yeah. And now here's what I don't like about it. There's a little more to go through, but here's what I don't like about it. It says in his it says in in these documents, um, I forget which one it is because I read so many of them yesterday, that the special counsel subpoenaed Fusion GPS in two separate months last year to provide documents about this whole Sussman Alpha Bank thing. If that's the only thing that they were subpoenaed to provide documents about, we're in trouble. They're not uncovering crap. Hmm. Unless this 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 is, well, unless this is the yarn they pull to get the rest of everything. And that's how it's playing out publicly, which could definitely be the case. I'm not going to be a complete pessimist. Because he's been very methodical and meticulous about how he's done this so far. But you have to assume anything they're giving him isn't anything as important as what he wants. Because they're really pulling out all the stops to stop them from getting anything that they really need. So as soon as we hear from the judge, we'll know what the next step is. If the judge allows these motions to um, intervene and, and block this and grant these guys attorney client privilege. Um, is this time then as Turley mentioned to issue immunity deals to compel testimony? Well, they've already issued one immunity deal to compel testimony. So I don't know how many are forthcoming and I don't know. I don't know like what, what Durham has on any of these other people that they will not testify because of they're worried about self incrimination. They're invoking their fifth amendment, right? So, which means there's something there. You know, if you've got five witnesses that won't talk because they're afraid if they do, they're going to implicate themselves in a crime. Um, and then you go out in the media and you say, there's no crime here. You're kind of out of your mind. You know, none of the witnesses in the special counsel under Mueller implicate, invoked their Fifth Amendment right to not speak. They all talked freely and openly. And we, we could even throw out there that there are many people who are testifying or at least talking to the January 6th Clown Car Commission. Yes. That's going on. And um, I know that Donald Trump has backed away from it, but you had Ivanka in there. You've had several members of the inner circle go in and talk. Yeah. So yeah. if they can do it, why can't these people tied to the Clintons? Yes. Yes. Um, Fusion GPS says in its filing, Elias retained Fusion to expressly support his legal advice, and the retention specifically contemplated the need for such advice for potential and ongoing litigation. So 
They've already produced thousands of pages to to in in request to grand jury subpoenas. They don't want these remaining records to be out there. And if anybody believes that Elias, like, let's say this is true. Elias cannot do his job of lawyering without the help of Fusion GPS. <laughs> right. OK. It's very good. <laughs> now, there's more. OK. Um, I know that this is a little bit of a deeper dive than you might be used to, but this is this is uh, important. Bring it on. So the all of the work was political that they did. It's it's documented everywhere. Fusion GPS shared its findings with the government. Remember, they went to the government to share their investigative findings and the press. Not only that, but the work that they produced went into the DOJ at a very high level through Nellie and Bruce Orr. So where's the privilege there? And it was always a pretext the whole time they used this privilege thing. And, and Durham did a great job of arguing that in the pleadings when they first brought this. What he wants is not necessarily for all of this stuff to be released publicly yet. He wants an in-camera review of these documents with the judge so the judge can determine whether or not they're privileged, you see. So he just wants the judge to look at this stuff and say, "Okay, yeah, this is privileged information. Oh, or no, this is not privileged information. It's not. You can't cloak this in privilege. And these people are fighting against the judge even looking at it independently without it even being seen by the public. Think about that. I'll be shocked if the judge allows this without himself looking at all the materials. Well, they're fighting the judge looking at them. Yeah, I'd I'd be suspicious of that immediately. If I'm the judge and I say, uh, now you want me to do what? But you don't want me to see the paperwork that you're worried about Mm -hmm. going public? Uh, No. Yep. No, that's not going to happen. Yeah. So today, Mike, there is a hearing on the motion in Lamine that he had filed to preclude evidence. Like, so Sussman had filed a motion to disallow Durham from introducing certain evidence yeah, and to exclude witness testimony, expert witness testimony, the government wants to bring forward. So that hearing is today. And then in a week from today, the court will hear the motion to compel, mm. meaning the motion that Durham filed to compel these people to, release this information that they're holding back. Well, if they have nothing to hide, that's <laughs> I love it when people say that. When they, if you have nothing to hide, why can't we see what you've got hidden? Meanwhile, the DOJ is spying on people's attorneys everywhere and then producing the information and discovery in their criminal cases. <laughs> I can't. I know. I can't either. I just, I don't, I don't. So we're going to shift real quick from from this. We'll keep our eye on it. We'll keep reporting on it and talking about it. Um, but there's something else that popped up. So Monday we were talking a lot about WikiLeaks and the laptop and Kim.com and what he had said and how now they have given all of the Hunter Biden laptop material to WikiLeaks. And we went through their trusted media partners. Remember? Yep. 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 And at the very end of that, I said, Assange is going to use this as leverage or someone is. And we talked. We talked about the FBI and how James Comey let them drop Vault 7 so they didn't find out that there was actually a leaker that hacked that didn't hack the DNC, but actually leaked the files to WikiLeaks. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Okay, A UK court has issued an order to extradite Julian Assange to the United States, where he will face a hundred and seventy five year sentence for publishing American war crimes. Now it goes to UK Home Secretary Pretty Pretty Patel for approval. And the defense has until May 18th to make submissions. So there's a good chance Assange is going to be extradited. It's a good chance that Assange is going to say, I have every last drop of information on Hunter Biden's laptop. I will release it if you even dare attempt to take me out of this country. So that's interesting. And then, and you know, he should use that if he has that card. But Does that mean the Hunter Biden information then dies with Julian Assange? Well, I was thinking that that would be the case until I started really thinking about it, because there are other people who have this. It's not exclusive to WikiLeaks. The reason why Kim.com said that WikiLeaks was taking it was to take the heat off the forensic team that was doing the investigation. The people hiding in Switzerland. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 
So I don't know if they then will judge this information to be of the of such public interest, which I would argue it is, Mike. Would you? It definitely is of the public interest. Come on. Yeah. And then release it anyway and just not count on WikiLeaks or if they were trying to give WikiLeaks this leverage. But the move to extradite coming so shortly after those statements were made by Kim.com, who is definitely on the radar of the U.S. government, hands down, is interesting to me. Yeah, well, the whole thing should be interesting to everybody. Everybody in this country should be interested in this story. Uh, not just the Assange story, but the Hunter story. More importantly, the Hunter story, too. And I wonder where uh, Bradley Chelsea Manning is in all of this. Very quiet. There was a suicide attempt a few years ago. Do you remember that? I do. And it's unfortunate. Suicide's such a horrible thing. But Manning has been given immunity, right, from the Biden, from uh, Obama? Manning was put back in jail. Yes. The, the sentence was commuted. But Manning was put back in jail because Manning refused to talk during the Trump administration about anything having to do with WikiLeaks. When this whole thing was going on, when the government charged him initially, they were Mm -hmm. coming to Manning to make Manning speak about it. And Manning refused and they threw him in jail on contempt. And something very interesting came out of that because I was reading the court case And I was reading the transcripts and it turned out and I don't remember the details specifically, but I'll never forget that Huma Abedin, Andrew McCabe, like they they used they were talking about spying on Huma Abedin and Manning. They told Manning about it and they were using it as some kind of a bargaining chip. I'm going to have to find that column I wrote years ago when the whole special counsel and IG investigation was going on. Mm. Huma Abedin basically was leaking on Clinton, apparently, during the Clinton email investigation and all of that. It's I, I'll find it and we'll go over it on Friday, maybe, because it was something. Just the, the sentence, Huma was leaking on Clinton, <laughs> bothers me. <laughs> Wait. Very difficult topic. Yeah. I have a better product. Okay. We can sell diapers and we can market them as a leak proof. Oh, someone does that. Well, I know there was a um, there was a bumper sticker out during the um, during the campaign for 2020 that had uh, Joe and Kamala had said uh, pee pads and knee pads. See? I remember that. Oh. Somebody, somebody might have beat us to that. That's good. That's good. OK, so now we're going to get into a little bit more culture stuff. OK, I know you're ready for this because I think you've been following this story pretty closely of the libs of TikTok account and all this. Yeah, this story is uh, unbelievable, and and it goes back to the the perfect statement. When someone accuses you of something, they're probably doing it themselves. Yes. Like the Democrats. When the Democrats accuse the GOP of doing something, chances are they're breaking that law themselves and probably worse than they're accusing you of doing it. Yeah. So for for every yes, for everybody who doesn't know, the libs of TikTok account is an account on Twitter and elsewhere that all it does is collate TikToks and videos from the left of them saying what their plans are and what they think and feel. And then it shows them to the world on Twitter. And the some of the things that are exposed, what I wouldn't say exposed because these people have made these things public already. Some of these things that are brought to a wider audience is the best way to say it, I think. Yeah, they took something, Libs of TikTok took something that was public on TikTok and reposted it on Twitter without commentary. Most times, yes, just stating what yeah. was stated in the video. And people go nuts over it because it's some of the most vile, crazy crap ever. And where this account has been very effective is in the grooming category. So, oh, Absolutely. Yes. Yes. So this account takes teachers, for example, who are talking about how they're going to groom your children in class to their small, most of the time, TikTok following and it exposes them. And then most of the time, it's so abhorrent that these people face disciplinary action or fired or get fired or, you know, face ridicule because their ideas are absolutely disgusting. So and, and they're, they're contrary to what most parents would want taught in school. Yes. 
Yes. I'm looking quickly for a, an example of one. Um, I have the fifth teacher, fifth grade teacher talking about her gender equality lesson. Uh, and uh, well, here's one of a person talking about letting kids choose their gender identity. And that's now consent. And parents who let kids choose their gender identity are child abusers. Uh, well, let's just hear a little sample. The most controversial way I teach my kids consent is that they all choose their own gender identity because it's every person's right to be who they are. It's not simple. So she says it's not simple, and I think she means it's it's not difficult, but this is a teacher who has a butterfly tattoo covering her entire neck. The right side of her hair is lime green. The left side of her hair is pink. She has a giant ring in her nose, and she's a teacher. Most of them look like that. They do, they yeah, just, they do. They do. Here, here's here's one more. This is another one from this is from the libs of TikTok, and all that's posted with the video is a quote from the actual video. Direct quote. Here you go. Hi, my name's Az, and I'm a preschool teacher. So my classroom celebrates diversity. It's probably my favorite thing to teach. We usually use kids' books to talk about this kind of thing. Recently, we started wearing pronoun pins, and the kids get to pick a new pronoun pin every We have some that pick, like, she, her every single day, and we have some that change it up. So, so this is a teacher who tells kids, go and pick your pronoun pin before we start class today. It's indoctrination. Yes. And one of the things that makes me very nervous is this group of people is telling kids that picking your pronouns, picking your gender will make you special. And so all these kids want to be special. You know, kids don't want to be normal. They want to be special. They want to be different. So that's what Libs of TikTok has been doing. It's just posting these without any real commentary or opinion. Yes. And that's legitimately what's being done. And there's been some collaboration. And these these TikToks have made mainstream, quote, television because they're picked up by right right leaning hosts who are uh, equally as disgusted by some of this stuff as as other people. She's worked with um, in Florida once the, the, the protection bill passed in Florida. They there were a bunch of teachers that flocked to TikTok to, to blatantly flaunt how they were breaking the law. And so that was brought to the attention of the press secretary for Ron DeSantis, who has shared the content that this account has posted, has interacted with the account. That's not a crime, especially not when all this person is doing is exposing these absolutely abhorrent, gross, disgusting, weird, weird and unacceptable things to a wider audience who equally do not accept them as normal. Like, because they're not normal, Mike. They're not. No, these people are not normal, no matter what they tell you. And they don't want to be normal. That's the answer. They don't want to be normal. And clearly, clearly, most people agree that it's not normal because most people have visceral reaction to it. Um, so here, let's segue a little bit and talk about Taylor Lorenz. Mm -hmm. I could swear that I talked about this woman when this first happened a couple weeks ago. But a couple weeks ago, she made a splash because... She she was out doing interviews talking about how she's been bullied and harassed and doxxed and attacked online for her journalism, which includes a lot of um, pieces that have destroyed the lives of people that she's written about based on things that weren't even true. I didn't. When you said journalism, did I hear you use air quotes with your fingers? Amen. OK. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to I'm going to say I personally have experience with this because I have been personally libeled and attacked by, quote, journalists for years who write blatantly false things. And then you get a groundswell of horrible things happening to you. I've learned to just not even care anymore, Mike, like what happens after these things are published, because it's it gets old after a while. But. Here she is, Miss Taylor Lorenz. I have two short clips to play of you before we discuss the rest. Here's one. The piece of information that gets out on you will be used by the worst people on the Internet to destroy your life. And it's so isolating and terrifying. It's horrifying. 
I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's overwhelming. It's really hard. Okay, so that's her talking about how mean people tweeted her, okay? <laughs> yes. And this is her on offline with John Favreau, I think is how you say his name. Just just a little while ago. And online, and online online harassment is such a is such a it's such a misnomer. Um I think it's a huge problem because um, you know, harassment is is a is is a, it's a tool to silence people, especially women and people of color, or people mm-hmm. from marginalized um, identities, for speaking out. And it, there's a very intentional like goal behind it. It's it's obviously it's death threats and all of that and rape threats on the daily. And it's not just Twitter. It's like every single surface, right? Like you know, my cell phone number getting out there, people calling, people <sighs> harassing okay. my family members, stalking me. Like all of that is incredibly terrifying and invasive. Um, and it's bled out into the physical world too, which is even ter- more terrifying. Right. Yeah. But uh, to me, I think what, what especially the media needs to understand about this is in terms of protecting their own reporters is this is just a tool like harassment is a tool to kind of discredit and silence journalists and the right wing media plays along with it. Right. You mentioned Tucker Carlson. Okay. Okay. So this wench <laughs> that's not how you pronounce that word. There's a B at the front of that word. There's there's <laughs> no R in there either. Or N. <laughs> Decides that she's gonna write a piece in the Washington Post that doxes and quote exposes the libs of TikTok account who runs it, including publishing their home address and going to the homes of the, the person's family members. To question them as well. Now, the headline of the article in the Washington Post published yesterday morning at 6 a.m. is meet the woman behind libs of TikTok secretly fueling the rights outrage machine. Yeah. And the piece is basically just saying how her showing this information to a greater audience is causing the people who have posted the information harm in the form of losing employment or public scorn and ridicule. And some of the people on the right have been really smart and they've said, well, don't you want these ideas to reach a broader audience? Like. (laughs) Yeah, that's technically the goal of posting something on social media without restrictions. If you wanted to restrict it so that only your friends or your uh, followers could see it, you could put that limitation on it, but you didn't. Right. You posted it in the digital town square and someone took the message and they didn't distort it. They just repeated it. Yes. And so this woman has now gone after. I mean, the column is terrible, Mike. It, it, it literally links to a thing that has her home address on it, which was afterwards it was removed because they just wanted it out there long enough for the people who needed to grab it to be able to grab it. And Taylor Lorenz was completely destroyed by both the left and the right, to be honest, people on the left are like, why did you do this? This is just kind of gross. And she's crying victim. She also called Glenn Greenwald an online influencer with 2.8 million followers. Glenn (laughs) Greenwald, didn't he win a Pulitzer? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, they can discount anything like that when they need to. What bothers me most is uh, the attack on this woman's life when she posted the real estate license. Yep. And also herself, uh, this brave, brave Taylor Lorenz went to the home of uh, family members. So um, this, this entire story is nothing other than hair on fire hyperbole from these folks. And what they're trying to do is exactly what you've, you've highlighted here is enrage enough people so that maybe one or two insane nut jobs will confront and or attack this person. The the woman behind libs of TikTok, who has been pretty anonymous, she did go on Tucker a couple days ago, but she now has to uh, live away from her home. She had to leave her home because she was doxxed. And, and God knows what's going on with her work because they posted her real estate license online. Well, luckily for her, she's now been offered a flurry of job opportunities, so she's not going to have to worry about working. And part of me is a little bit 
it's hard to explain how I feel about this because this has been happening to people for a really long time, but it doesn't always get the attention that it deserves. It has happened to to people with with um, a, a little bit of impact and a lot of impact in the general discourse. The problem is they want to silence people who are who are exposing their agenda using nothing more than what their own people are saying because it's making an impact like. Donald Trump Jr. just tweeted a couple hours ago. The question libs of TikTok often raises and the left wants to ignore is do parents have a right to know what their children are being taught in their public school or not? Well, according to the left, they don't. According to the former MSNBC host, Melissa Harris Perry, the kids belong to us, not to you. You as parents have to get used to that being the reality. You don't own your kids. They belong to the collective. Correct. And I just want to go through because Shapiro, even though we disagree on how great he is, is going through a list of things in the article that are wildly misleading and blatantly false. I hope she sues the hell out of this out of The Washington Post. And something tells me that since she's got all these very high profile and well-funded conservatives supporting her, someone will pay for her lawsuit. I can't say the same for myself. Because I'm defending myself in in what I would consider a nonsense defamation suit and can't afford to file my own, which I could probably win easily. Anyway, here she says that libs of TikTok in the column posted a, quote, video of a woman teaching sex education to children in Kentucky, but doesn't show the video because the video features a woman talking about sexy summer camp for for children and toddlers and masturbating. Well, um. The video is pretty rough. It is. If you're a parent, you would march down to the school and go, what the hell? So um, I I guess so you agree with Ben Shapiro on this one. Yeah, I agree with him on all of these. She accuses um, libs of Tic Tac of using QAnon related language, but doesn't provide any evidence of such language. This is what we were talking about shows ago where I said they're trying to use QAnon to normalize pedophilia by branding anybody who speaks out about it as a as a QAnon adherent or proponent or whatever to slander them and make it's just a blanket thing. They throw around with no evidence at all. Even if there were evidence, what the hell is the difference? Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. And uh, has Taylor aside from the John Favreau thing, has um, she made another tearful appearance anywhere? No. And she's taking it really hard. It's almost like the Streisand effect. I forgot what the Streisand effect is. The Streisand yeah. effect is when you say, don't take any pictures of me. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and everyone, the paparazzi swarms. Yes. Yeah. Streisand effect. Have to put that in the memory bank. Uh, yeah, this this story bothers me just because this is a woman. And remember, we're supposed to believe all women uh, everywhere. This is a woman who's standing up for what she believes in. And she has been eviscerated because. It is not what the 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 left wants us or demands us to believe in. And so she must be silent. She must be doxxed. Her family must be addressed. I, I tell you, I know you've had experience with this. I have a nephew who's kind of famous in the world of tennis. I have to keep a distance from him on social media because of who I am. And my conservative opinions, because many in that world are liberal. Yep. And somebody even amended his social media bio on WikiLeaks or or Wikipedia. whatever Wikipedia to include me. Yeah. And say his uncle is a conservative talk show host. And I'm like, why? It doesn't matter. No, I, it, it does if they want to find some reason to say he's not as good as he actually is, and using conservatism to do that. Um, it, it, it's disgusting to me, but I feel badly for this woman because I, I've had my address put out on social media and I've had people try to dox myself and my wife. And um, it, it certainly made me take some rather stringent protective measures. I have had photos of my home on social media. All right, you win. Photos of it. It's, it's, yeah. it's something I never talk about ever, ever. But some of the things that we deal with, which I'm not complaining. I mean, it comes with the territory, Mike, right? You put yourself out there, you get into this position, you talk about things that are uncomfortable for some people 
who are tyrannical losers. Like, for example, she this I can't even call her a reporter, this scumbag harassed an account yesterday with a similar name to libs of TikTok and says this. Hi, I'm just following up. You've been mentioned as the administrator of the libs of libs of TikTok account on Twitter. And I need to turn in my story today. Is that your account? Please let me know ASAP because you're being implicating as starting a hate campaign against LGBTQ people. If you're unaffiliated with the account, I want to be sure to set the record straight in the story. If it is your account, I'd love to speak with you about it. Sure you would. That's always how it is. I'm doing a story. You have less than 12 hours to respond and we're going to publish it anyway. But this is what we're going to say about you. Yeah. I, I would just reply, nice try. Hope your toes grow together. And then not only that, but what she what she said to Hershaw, who is uh DeSantis's press secretary, was even worse. She said that they are planning to quote expose. This was the whole point of this article. It wasn't to, as Taylor has come out and say, raise awareness about how the right is using, you know, I, it's, there's no argument here. She's ridiculous. She she deserves anything and everything that she gets. Karma is a bitch, and I'm sure it's going to be heaped right upon her lap. I'm telling you. Well, here's the question that I would like to ask Taylor Lorenz if I had the opportunity. How long do you think your account would last if Elon Musk owned Twitter? <laughs> you know, you you would be set aside temporarily, although Musk says he's a free speech absolutist. But I don't think he's for doxing. And by the way, this woman, this Taylor Lorenz, is also reportedly not even a good reporter. She stole the data that she published about this woman yes. from another person who had done the work. So she's a lazy biatch. No, she's not so lazy that she can't fly to travel to the relatives of this person. Can you believe if, if like my Uncle John or something, I don't even have an Uncle John, but you know what I'm saying were to be visited by some random Washington Post reporter about something that I'm posting online. What? What is is this? They do this all the time. They did this to people that donated $10 to the Give, Send, Go for the Canadian truckers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the other thing. This is the modus operandi of the left. And remember, uh, Tucker Carlson's home was visited. Yeah. Uh, we had visitations of members of Congress's homes. And, uh, well, Pelosi will say that she got visited, too. Uh, and I think she had a pig's head thrown at her garage door or but something. the left did that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not us. The left is always the violent and the awful one. So uh, there's proof. All you have to do is look at all the – ask Steve Scalise who shot him. Uh, seriously, that never gets talked about anymore, does it? Um, no. No. I also have another funny thing that came out yesterday that I, th- I thought was very funny. Um, the mask mandates, Mike. They're now saying, you know, they went from we're not going to appeal it to we are going to appeal it to we're not going to appeal it to we're going to appeal it if the CDC says so. Yeah, 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 sure. Somebody in the middle of all of the the gleeful cheering on planes and flight attendants crying out of happiness that they can take these things off their face and pilots being we published a column yesterday. There's a, a group of pilots that are had filed a lawsuit. Um, that we've been working on this story for a while and it's still going forward, obviously, because it's it's not solid enough. Um, but they were also tearful and excited and happy and 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 whatever. This guy, Jared Rabel, posts on Twitter. He says, I boarded a plane today with my son and mid-flight, the pilot announces that the mask mandate is over. Flight attendants pulled off their masks and sneezed directly into their hands while screaming, quote, this is MAGA airspace. My son turned to me in tears. I don't know what to do. Clearly satire. Yeah. Yeah. The whole thing was a joke. New York Times journalist messages him. Victoria Kim. <laughs> hey, Jared, I'm a New York Times journalist. I'd love to speak with you over the phone about what had happened on your flight this evening. Can you please give me a call or let me know how I can reach you? I hope this isn't coming too late in your day. Thank you. Look forward to hearing from you. He responds. Hello, Victoria. I would love to discuss the incident at your earliest convenience. I was pretty upset about the whole thing. Unfortunately, it's satire that only someone at the New York Times would. (laughs) (laughs) This story that was unfolding throughout the day just made me laugh and laugh and laugh that this guy actually crafted a beautiful response (laughs) 
But, you know, it makes sense that the Times is clueless. Did you see the photo of the new editor of the New York Times that they posted on Twitter today? No. Okay. He is in what appears to be uh, an office with a fireplace and wooden uh, bookcases all around and beautiful wooden bookcases. And he's in a uh, shirt and tie with a pair of very well-crafted slacks and, and uh, nice expensive shoes. And he's sitting on the floor on the rug with a cup of probably coffee in front of him and the New York Times laid out. It is like a pinup shot. Oh, geez. For the new editor of the New York Times. Uh, whatever happened to, um, you'll remember this name, most of the audience won't, Jack Cafferty type journalists. Guys who had their sleeves rolled up and their tie a little bit loose and that you expected them to have a bottle of scotch underneath the desk while they were crafting a story or digging into a story. They might be having a belt no, to get no. them through the night. Now no. they sit there waiting for the phone to ring with the latest intelligence community tip that they're supposed to be publishing. Oh, it's insane. It the- really is insane. But can I address something on the masks? In in one second, there was one more libs of TikTok thing I had before we're completely off topic. All right. The Babylon Bee posted what is probably their worst headline ever because it isn't satire at all. It's absolutely true. And the headline is this. Liberals raise concerns about account that's making them look bad just by um, just by sharing their actual words. It's an accurate non non. um, Well, I guess mocking headline but the headline itself is mocking because the reality is so insane yes it's, it's but those same people at the babylon b also put out a brilliant video about the people who still want to wear masks did they talk about talk about what you you've got the floor my friend it's like maskaholics anonymous <laughs> and it's it's on the babylon b and it's worth the price of admission it is brilliant They've taken their time. They've crafted it because yesterday, Valerie Jarrett, who I think is one of the three people running the Biden administration, Valerie Jarrett posted a selfie of her of her face with a mask on it, saying, I don't care what a Florida Trump judge says. I'm going to be wearing my mask and listening to science or something like that. Nobody ever wanted to stop you from wearing it. We just didn't want you forcing us to do it. That's it. See, they don't understand it. My buddy Chris Plant likes to say uh, what Democrats believe, what they what they can't ban, they will mandate. And that is true. That is the reality here. But um, related to that topic, and you should go watch that video. It's very funny. Um, I think I know what triggered the Biden DOJ to step in and look like they're going to challenge this overturning, aside from the fact that it was a Donald Trump judge. Everyone was happy. Overturned. They don't want us happy. That's what it is. What? No, they don't. They want to stick it to Donald Trump, number one. And the judge, Judge Mazel, is also a former clerk for Clarence Thomas. Mm. So that's going to piss him off. But I think what triggered the DOJ into action was Chuck Todd yesterday when when the news came out, Chuck Todd said this. Folks, it's one thing for a Trump judge to strike down an order from the Biden White House, but it's an entirely different thing for the White House to let it happen without any legal pushback. And it's not the first time recently that something hasn't gone the White House's way. They don't fight back. They don't defend their rationale. They just give you the, um, the emoji shrug. We saw it when the Supreme Court struck down their vaccine mandate for large employers. We saw it when West Virginia's Joe Manchin essentially scrapped the president's entire domestic agenda in Congress. We may even be seeing it with the ongoing intraparty fight on Title 42. The Biden administration, with the full power and prestige of the presidency, with his party's power in Congress on the line this November, has repeatedly looked as if they're easy to roll. Oh, my gosh. I have so many things to say about that. So Chuck Todd just told the White House, you look like a bunch of pussies. Listen, there's a few things here. Number one, the White House knows that Americans don't like them in large swaths, like 70 or 80 percent don't want any of the things that their progressive, extremist, loud ass demanding base 
wants them to do. And they know that it's costing them dearly all over the world, let alone just the country. Okay, the 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 airline lobby, the airline industry, the pilots associations, everyone wanted this mask mandate gone. It was voted on in the Senate. They wanted it gone. The Biden administration was probably thrilled that this Trump judge did what they did. It was an excuse for them not to have to do it themselves and piss off the base that is is in the corner. The three percent or not even anymore. I would argue it's two percent. They don't want to piss those people off because they're the loudest like Chuck Todd. So, of course, they're not going to fight back. But then they're like, oh, somebody said something on Twitter. We've got mean activists on Twitter. We need to just destroy the rest of everybody's happiness. There was not one plane that had upset passengers on it yesterday. Not one. No, because if you wanted to, you could still wear your mask. Yes. Yes. But Chuck Todd telling the white, you know, Joe Biden. Remember, Joey Biden is the guy who would who would stare at somebody and and call him out. Remember how many push-ups you want to do? Huh? Huh? Remember he would get mad? Why, 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 you're getting nervous, man. So this this White House doesn't like to be called out. This guy's a punk. And for Chuck Todd to say he looks like he's easy to roll, that's an insult. So Yeah, well, sure. I, yeah. keep it up because all you're doing is making people hate you more. And then... When it comes time for 2022, you're never going to be able to anticipate how many of your Democrats are going to vote Republican and you won't be able to swing your elections with fraud the way you think, because all of these Democrats are voting Republican, Mike, and they're not going to know. They're not going to have any idea. Anyway, I know, I know, I know. We got to end now. We have to go. Uh, You can't go. All the plants are going to die. No, no, no. We have Friday. We have Friday. We do have Friday, and I hope we get to some of the crazy Johnny Depp testimony from yesterday. Can we do that on Friday? That'll be a nice Friday show. That'll be a fun Friday show. And I don't know how many people would appreciate it, but the video of Bill O'Reilly getting testy with a poor JetBlue employee made me laugh. I didn't watch it. It just, that kind of stuff makes me cringe, whoever it is. But he should know better. First of all, it's JetBlue, for God's sakes. I thought you had enough money to pay off all these creepy... Uh, lawsuits that were heading your way that you'd be flying private. Why are you flying JetBlue? Yeah, and they don't really have first class on JetBlue. No, everything's first class on JetBlue. Yeah, sure. That's why you can't squeeze your ass cheek into a seat. (laughs) And on that, we have to stick a fork in today. Between testicle tanning and squeezing your ass cheeks into a JetBlue seat. You even dropped a P-bomb, so we're good for today. I think we, we checked off all the boxes. Yeah, but I was referring to the wimpy, the wimpy version of the P word. That's fine. I don't mind either way. You, okay. You've been listening and participating in and, and listening to the Dark to Life podcast with the testicle tanned Michael Pelka. <laughs> every Monday, Wednesday and Friday at 2.30 Eastern on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify and RadioInfluence.com. We'll be back with Frank Mike on Friday. God willing. This is a Rock Stops here with Rock Riley Quick Fix on Radio Influence. Boy, oh boy, is he a good man. Really good dude. I thought he was, and then I met him, and we did this podcast, and bam, just like I thought. I'm talking about the former Oakland A's pitcher who pitched a perfect game in the big leagues coming up on the anniversary here. Dallas Braden, when you look back on your career, you had to cut it short at a young age because of the injury. How do you look? I mean, if that was me, I'd be like, oh, my God, a little bitter. You know what I mean? How do you look back on it, Dallas? This game of baseball has blessed me beyond measure. I have the opportunity to continue to watch the game, to be around the game, to have awesome conversations with guys like you. There's no way I could ever wake up and be bitter about where I'm at or what happened to me. And, you know, there, there's there's a sense of pride in that I didn't, you know, it's not like I, I drank my way out of the game or partied my way out of the game. I, I wasn't terrible and just couldn't get a job anymore. Like, none of that happened. My body physically failed me. My arm fell off. And I was, you know, sure, I was I was just getting better. I was just getting started, really. Um, but, but knowing that I was going to have the opportunity to 
take care of my grandmother and give her the life that she deserved, a life without any sort of pressure or anxiety. You know, the tax man, he doesn't take a break. He comes calling each and every year. Uh, And for her to just live with a sense of freedom the way that I feel she's supposed to have lived her life, that is the most important thing to me. And, and now I have the, the chance to continue to provide that for my wife and for my two girls with one on the way. So baseball blesses me every single day. I open my eyes. There's no way I could possibly show up to the ballpark with an attitude. The rock stops here with longtime radio and TV personality. Rock Riley is found anywhere you find podcasts and radioinfluence.com.